Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And thank you, Dick Warren. That's the voice of Dick Warren, a long time legend, really, in uh, in San Diego for his wonderful work in radio and uh, what we call internet radio. Oh, we, we have another name for it now, Alex, don't we? Podcasts? My name is Christopher McCullough, Master Certified Coach. Here as I am all the time with Alex Terranova. I mean, I'm not always with you. I mean, not that I know of. I have, I do have a camera in front of my, like, in my front door, and it often is alerting me that it's been censored. But that's just so maybe take you selfie, are. selfies of yourself in your golf cart, living the golf golf cart lifestyle. Alex is uh, author of Fictional Authenticity, a contributor to Redefining Masculinity, and creator of the Dream Mason podcast, among many other podcasts. You're you're like a podcast veteran at this point. You're um, anything you want the people to know, except the way to find you is the dreammason.com. Podcast veteran. I, I I think I shared with you 40 over 40. My first my 40 40 over 40 in podcasting from Podcast Magazine. Wait a second, I'm over 40. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, maybe, I don't know. They didn't know you existed. <laughs> uh, we, what's new? Tell the people. Uh, I got engaged this weekend. Right? What's new? Congratulations. Thank uh, you. That would be the voice of our guest. We'll tell you who she is in a minute. But uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. Did you have a big plan? Every, every guy I know who's gotten engaged has a big plan. Did you have a big plan for the popping the question? So I was told by her friends, five-star engagement, like knocked it out of the park. Um, I didn't realize I was going to be getting Yelp reviews on my engagement, but apparently I, I was. Um, Five stars would marry again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, there was a uh, there was a getaway that she knew about, but she didn't know it was for the engagement. And then there was a secret picnic set up on the beach that was a surprise, you know, obviously. And um, photographer popped out of nowhere. And then the next morning, there was a uh, a brunch for all of her friends and some of her family. You are a true romantic. Nice job. It reminds me that um, photographers popping out of the bushes and secret (laughs) secret picnics on the beach were what broke up several of my engagements. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) different strokes. All right. Uh, I know this is your booth is your friend. This is your BFF. Would you like to introduce our fabulous guest? Get us kicked off here. My boo, my friend, my BFF. I would never bring my BFF on this show and put them with you. Yeah. I would spare. No, I'm teasing. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll introduce our guest today. So our guest today is a success mentor. She might be one of the few guests that have gone to Princeton, which I think makes her better than both of us. Um, she's the author of international bestselling books, um, Phenomenal Feminine Entrepreneurs, Business Life Universe, and this one that I really like, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. She was selected as Life Coach of the Year by the International Association of Top Professionals. She hosts an amazing podcast called Balance, Beautiful, Abundant. And her philosophy divides life into seven pillars of abundance, which includes spiritual, physical, emotional, romantic, mental, social, and financial. Rebecca Whitman, wait, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I love the banter going. It feels like a real <laughs> radio morning talk show. 
<laughs> Come on down to the zoo. Um, <laughs> Rebecca, why, why did this guy want you? This guy lobbied for you. He said, we got to have Rebecca on the show. Uh, you want, do you want to tell me why you think he did or do you want to you ask him directly? I think we had a great conversation. We had a really uh, good talk about just life and love and goals and we connected on a deep level and uh he offered me a chance to be on your podcast and i offered him a chance to be on mine so that's what happened little quid quid pro quid pro podcast anyway how work on it yeah. um the the thing here's the thing <laughs> i'm the skeptical voice today because you're one of these people you have this six figure this path to six figure coaching practice right and i i get these kinds of come ons of emails, texts all the time. And I know a lot of people do. Let me start with a little bit of a challenge, which is why should we engage with you when there are so many people sort of selling the same sort of what occurs like snake oil? Well, I will tell you, Christopher, I'm not giving a roadmap to a six figure coaching practice. What happened was my dad was dying in one of our last conversations. He said, Rebecca, I want you to write something. I don't care if it's a book, a magazine article, or an essay. And I had just gotten a divorce and I was sitting in my financial planner's office in workout clothes. And he's like, I'm looking at your portfolio and you're having your best fiscal year ever. Yet I know you got a divorce and your dad passed. So what is your secret? Like, how do you come here every month in workout clothes? And I said, that's what I'm going to write. I'm going to write a book called How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. It's not a business plan. It's how to have work-life balance among seven pillars of life so you can manifest the love of your life, be in great shape, make six or seven figures working part-time. So it's a book about how to have a holistic life so you're not just hyper-focused on one thing. Okay, good. So already we're, we've differentiated you from the pack of people who are trying to sell me their program, their online, whatever, to, to make my business successful. So you're really talking about a successful life. Yes. Christopher, you should read this book. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. One of the things that I'm um, struck by in your story is that, you know, for many of us, we've experienced grief for a sort of ongoing grief, especially in the last few years. What um, what do you think enabled you to have such a triumphant mindset going through something so difficult? Well, I believe that our soul is the sky and the weather is emotions. And I used to attach my whole identity to my emotions. If I was feeling sad, I'd be like, I am depressed or I am sad versus I'm feeling sad. So I've learned how to let uh, the grief and other emotions just pass through me while keeping my focus on having a great life in these seven pillars. So even though I was feeling grief, I still did my daily workouts. I still socialized with friends. I still showed up for my sales job and, you know, hit my numbers. So I was just able to focus on life. Like I said, in these seven pillars of abundance and yeah, the romance went down the drain as I was, you know, recovering from a divorce. But because I had all the other pillars working, they kind of buoyed me up so I didn't fall apart. Yeah, I'm hearing resilience and sort of having a strong foundation. Exactly. I My mission is to give uh, women a life of resilience, grit, and grace 
so that when life lifes, which it does, they don't fall apart. Mm. Thanks for sharing all that. I'm I'm curious about the like the other side, because you just painted a picture that just sounds almost kind of perfect. Like, hey, I just moved through it. I let the emotions like move through me. How did you deal with the 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 challenges? Like the when the grief showed up and did take over, or um, right, the divorce, right? All this at one time, it would be it's totally acceptable for it to take us out, also. Yeah. yeah. I didn't uh try to force myself to do things that I didn't want to do. So if I wanted just to stay home and rest or sleep 10 hours, you know, my basic thing was like Netflix in the gym. Like if I could just do those two things as well as show up for my job, then I would be okay. So I didn't, if I didn't want to go out on a date or go to a party or socialize, I, I didn't make myself socialize because that wouldn't be honoring my grief. So I just did the basic things to take care of myself and to make sure that my financial life didn't go down the drain. And yeah, I felt my feelings. And I also took a nice break from, from dating because I just wanted to heal. And my friend kind of made a great analogy. She said, you know, if you just sprained your ankle in a soccer game, you wouldn't like force yourself to play the next game. You would like sit out the rest of the season and kind of nurse your ankle. And then when your ankle felt strong, go back into the soccer, next soccer season. So I was uh, sitting out of a lot of socializing, especially dating. I'm curious how you support people that regardless of what, like something really big happens in their life that kind of shakes them and gets them stuck, or they just fall into a period where they kind of get stuck. I've had, I've had a few conversations lately with people who are, in this spot and they, they can't seem to get themselves like a jar <laughs> in a way, like, and, um, and they've had coaches and they've tried a lot of things they've gone, but they, they're just really like, you know, this is where they are. How do you support, you know, the, the women that come to you that maybe haven't, aren't able to move as powerfully through it as you have? I am a big advocate of self-care. Self-care isn't selfish. So when women are going through something that's really heavy, I encourage them to do a lot more self-care to baby themselves. It's funny because women are so good at taking care of everyone else and putting other people's needs first, but they're taught that if they put their own needs first, that that's selfish. So I teach them to do a lot of self-care and to talk about the feelings, you know, with a therapist or with me as their coach, with friends, whoever will listen to process it out of their body. And I'm also a big advocate of exercise. I really believe like move a muscle, change a thought that that also helps it get out of their physical body. Um, and just to give themselves grace, you know, like it's okay if they're sad for a few months, as long as they still are showing up for their life, like they can show up sad, like that's totally okay. You don't have to be like fake and happy all the time. But I really believe that 85% of life is just showing up. And if you show up for what is important to you, your spirit, your morning practice, your, your gym, your friends, and it's okay. And it's, it's also okay, like I said, to not show up. If you're feeling so much grief that you don't show up, it's okay. But not to the detriment of not being able to pay your bills or having your health suffer. So it sounds like you got some pretty clear priorities, 
the the financial foundation and the health foundation. Am I picking that up right? Those are the two most important in your perspective. The first one is spirituality. That's the first pillar of abundance. And that also helps people move through. And I really believe in setting up your morning practice around your spirituality. So I think you're, if you're going through something, having a morning practice, whether it's prayer, meditation, journaling, yoga, whatever it is, reading spiritual literature to kind of get your mindset for the day. It could be listening to a great podcast like this, listening to YouTube. There's so many ways to get your spirituality going in the morning and then to show up for your health. Because if you have your health, you have everything. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. And then of course, being able to show up, you know, for your job so that you can pay your bills. Those are all, yeah, three very important pillars of abundance. And often the first to go, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you work mostly with women or equally with different genders? Or who do you find is most receptive and most needs these messages? I work mostly with women, but I I would be open to coaching, you know, men. It just hasn't really happened yet. I've I've mentored uh a man for free. But as far as my coaching practice, I have not yet uh, had a male client, but I have had men inquire. So yeah, I would be open. I think that my teachings work for both because the message of my podcast and my coaching is to take people from burned out to balanced, beautiful and abundant. And I think that everyone in our culture is experiencing burnout and overwhelm. Yeah, I, I, I think men and women that really resonates what do you let's talk just for a minute about how you kind of got here i'm curious about how did you become the coach that you are where did where did you get your practice your training um you know where did you even put together these pillars where did this all come from sure um so i went on a spiritual journey a long time ago um in college i hit a bottom with alcoholism And I actually did like a kind of a dramatic fake suicide attempt where I wore all black and I played the cure and I took Tylenol cold and flu medicine. And I ended up uh, going into the student hospital and they asked me to take this, are you an alcoholic test? And I passed it. So I started my uh, walk in the 12 steps long time ago. um, Almost 30 years ago. And that kind of got me on a spiritual path. And since being on the path of the 12 steps, I've studied great teachers like Abraham Hicks, Wayne Dyer, Marianne Williamson, and Michael Beckwith, some in person, some just reading their books and watching their videos. And that enhanced my spiritual path. And while I was doing the all the spiritual work, I was also working in different sales jobs. So what my teachings do is they combine metaphysics and spiritual principles with just regular business and sales. Um, How I got the seven pillars was I went to actually a sales training and I think he had, you know, not all seven pillars and they were slightly different, but we, we wrote out our goals for the year and like different areas of life. And I thought, wow, what a great way to start the year. And I kind of expanded it to include all the areas of my life. And, you know, I have people who say that you could expand it to eight pillars because I don't have a pillar of creativity. 
but mindset uh, mental could be also creative because it's like learning something new. But yeah, so that's kind of how I got on a spiritual path and on my seven pillars of abundance. What are you challenged by most like in the present? Oh my God. Well, it's perfectionism and uh, comparison. So I feel like these are the isms that I struggle with. And I actually just did a talk at Columbia University on the isms, never enough ism. You know, no matter what we get, it's never enough over there ism. I'll be happy when I get over there. And we all do that. Um, if only, which is if, if only someone would behave a certain way, I would be happy. And then perfectionism that everything has to be perfect and look a certain way. So because I, you know, launched this coaching business during COVID and launched my podcast, it's like, I compare myself to, you know, the kind of emails that Christopher gets like, Oh, seven, eight figure coaches and, you know, a million podcast downloads. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what is wrong with me? Like, why am I not, you know, a seven figure coach or why am I not getting a million downloads? So I think what I'm struggling with right now is comparison and the opposite of never enough is lack of gratitude. Like, oh my God, I've, I've done a hundred podcast episodes and I've helped over 30 women, you know, have breakthroughs and the seven pillars of abundance. And just the opposite of that is to focus on what I have done. And yeah, so that's, that's something that I personally am working on is just comparison and not uh, feeling like I'm doing enough. I really appreciate the question, Alex, because one of the things that I was struggling with is that you seem pretty perfect. Rebecca. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like put together, got the answers. And it was, I was uh, grateful to hear even a, a long ago story of some, you know, something that I can connect to, right? The, the downside, having a bad day, having an embarrassing, you know, traumatic listening to the cure in college. So, um, Thanks for that, because it it makes it easier for me to know that even people who are seemingly perfect struggle with perfectionism, among other things. Yeah. What's what's your goal? I noticed that you've got a lot of successes. You shared some of them, some of them we haven't even talked about yet, right? But you've done a lot of things. You've been on stages with extraordinary leaders. You've been on lots of networks and television and radio and audio and all sorts of media. What's your goal? What do you, when, when will it be enough for you? What are you after? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I really want to um, make an impact on women, especially, and just... So many women are like me, they struggle with what I call, you know, just not good enough, never enough. And just to give women uh, hope that that they are enough, that they're exactly perfect, just as they are, they don't have to like lose five pounds or, you know, find the perfect husband, they don't have to do any of that. Uh, I think that my journey is what I want to teach other people. And that is just to love and accept themselves exactly as they are. And as many pe people as I can reach with that message, that would be great. I mean, I would love to be more well-known and, you know, have, I guess a great goal is to have my own talk show. Um, I have a talk show now it's on the bold, brave TV network and it's internet based, but maybe on a TV show, but I'm just really 
passionate about empowering women because I have, even though I look seemingly perfect, it's kind of like a, a duck, you know, that looks perfect on the top of the pond, but underneath or, you know, they're going a mile a minute with their feet. It's been a kind of a mental struggle just to, just to feel happy and just to feel present and just to, to love my life. And I know that life is short and I don't want to waste any more time just like feeling like I'm not good enough and that I'm not doing enough. And I would love to have more women feel that they are enough and that everything is right about them. This has me want to talk about um, like your journey in love, Mm -hmm. because it's another thing that you've shared with me that you've been challenged by. And it really, when we spoke prior to this, it really resonated for me because I mean, Christopher knows this, he, he got to see the, 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 the impact of it probably, I don't know, four years ago or so, four or five years ago, I don't remember the, the like exact time frame. I had this explosion in my life where I went, well, my relationship to sex and love is not where it should be. And I say I'm using should in like a not healthy, um, it's more running me than I'm choosing it. And Christopher, uh, my coach, a few other people in my life, you know, um, had to be with me in this very challenging moment. And one of the things that I did, cause I didn't, I had, I didn't know. I was like, I'm just a guy wanting sex and wanting to have fun and wanting love. And, you know, and it's getting in the way. And I went and visited sex and love addicts anonymous a couple of times and I had no idea anything like that existed. Right. I, I had, I had never done any AA work and I was pretty like blown away to have this, see this world. And now five years later, I, I didn't actually go through that process, but I spent a lot of time working on my relationship to sex and love. And, and now five, six, whatever it is, five, four, five years later, I have other friends that are actually working that system and that process. And I find it really interesting to hear, right? Because I, I think I shared this with you when, if you're an alcoholic, you stop drinking, right? That's it. But, and if you're a gambling addict, you stop gambling. But if you're, if you have a, um, a, uh, an addictive relationship with love or sex, you're actually not going to stop having love or sex in your life for the rest of your life. Um, and you happen to share this with me. Would you speak a little bit to, you know, that journey for yourself and like what it's, what, what you've had to overcome and what you've created? Yeah. So I believe that I was born or maybe it was even acculturated to need external validation to feel good about myself. And one of the easiest ways to get validation is through love and attention from the opposite sex or the same sex, you know, gay, gay, straight, bi, doesn't matter, but getting that validation from love. And I believe that even before I picked up a drink, that that was my first addiction was to uh, validation. And boy, I mean, that is a deep, deep uh, issue because so many people have that need some people have it more than others. And I just realized that actually I didn't realize it. I had a coach and he said, I can't, we can't move forward unless you like work the steps and sex and love addicts anonymous. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've already worked the steps. I don't need it. You know, I'm fine. It's my life is highly functioning. And he's like, you're highly functioning, but you tell me that your one of your intentions is to manifest your soulmate. 
And he's like, I just know you're not going to be able to find your soulmate unless you work on these issues. And I thought it was absolutely crazy. Um, I went to my first SLAA meeting, kicking, screaming, crying, complaining, like, I don't need to be here. This is BS. But then people started sharing and I was like, oh my God, I can totally identify. And love addiction is like desperately needing the approval of the opposite sex to fill what they say is your God-sized hole in your heart. And the only thing that's going to fill it is spirituality and self-love. It's not going to come from outside. And wow. So what happened was I, in that program, they tell you to do 90 days detox. You can't talk to the opposite sex, flirt, text, nothing like two minute conversation, max. Hi, how are you? Bye. Like, so I said, okay, I'll do the 90 day detox. Six weeks into the detox, I had a book launch party for the book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. And the week before the book launch party, I went to a party at the owner of my gym's house, and I invited everyone at the party, even uh, my future husband, Ben. He showed up the next week at the book launch party with the book, and he's like, Rebecca, I would like you to sign the book at dinner. So I call my SLAA sponsor and I said, oh my God, I know I'm into the 90 day detox. I've done six weeks. Is there any way I could just go on a date with this guy? He seems really nice. And she's like, yeah, go ahead. And I walk into the Italian restaurant. He said, I looked cynical and jaded, like, ugh, like kind of like a look of, yeah, here we go again. You know, cause I had been on a million dates before that. And we started talking and our conversation was so good that we closed down the restaurant and it was just, even just taking a break from the dating, I, I had changed the type of guy that I was attracting and was attracting, attracted to before Ben, I had a bad boy syndrome where if the guy wasn't like a bad edgy guy, it wasn't a challenge. He wasn't my guy. He wasn't passionate enough. And Ben is just like a very nice, smart normal guy with not a lot of neuroses. And I'm like, this is so different. And, you know, we got married a few months ago on 12, 21, 21, and it's been amazing. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. 
Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovations, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. So do you still, is the is the slot journey still part of your... Like, is it like, was that it? Was that the end of it? Or is it something that you still like kind of work? I still uh, sponsor a few people in SLAA. And sometimes I catch myself like wanting to get that validation from other people. So I'm not like actively going to meetings, but it's just an awareness. And I know that if I did start, you know, needing that external validation, I would go back to meetings. But Right now it's in check, but the awareness of it is like, oh, you know, if somebody sends me like an inappropriate or flirty text before I would have responded flirty. And now I like, I know that that's what they call an SLAA intriguing. Uh, when you flirt uh, with someone with no intention of dating the person. And so now I'm just aware of it and I won't, I don't participate in it. And that is my sobriety in that program is not doing that kind of behavior anymore. And it's amazing. I still have friendships with, I have better friendships with guys than I ever had in my life because I take out that kind of weird, uh, blurry component of like, you know, is it flirting? Is it friends? Is it appropriate? Like all that I I've taken it out so I can have like clean friendships with guys and, and not dehumanize them. One of the things I learned in SLAA is when you think of someone as a sex object, you're dehumanizing them. So I can see their humanity and their soul. Yeah, Alex. The um the thing that that caught me there. Now I've done a couple of these uh, 12-step programs and you and I had very different experiences with our sponsors. My sponsor, I was like, can I no? Can I no? Can I no? But you gotta you gotta pass. Now that you're a sponsor, are you are you just as flexible as your sponsor was with this? Uh you could go on one date. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It seems like a very, let's talk to that person. I was uh, lucky. I, mean, I had a very, very lenient, nice sponsor, but I asked Ben, I said, well, I was in the middle of a 90 day detox. Would you have waited around six weeks? And he's like, yeah. So he said he would have waited around. You know, they we say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I, I understand why they have the 90 day detox, because if you're doing something, sex or love, whatever it is, alcohol, drugs, gambling, it's good to have some distance from it. And uh, to speak about what you said, Alex, with alcohol and drugs it's or gambling, it's easy to stop. But with sex and love, or there's other programs, food, uh, money, you, you're going to eat, you have to have a relationship with money, and you have to have a relationship with love and sex. So it's really about changing your paradigm and how you relate to it. So you relate to it in a non-addictive way. So it is, it is more challenging because you can't just put the plug in the jug. You have to change your paradigm. Yeah. That's what I found really so unique and interesting in that the journey that again, the friends that I've had go on, um, there was something that, Hmm. Christopher made that Christopher, you made a joke and you stole my thought. And now I like, um, yeah, yeah it's my fault. Yeah, clearly. 
Yeah. Do, they have, a, do they have a victim, like an AA for people that are like victim and blame other people for things? <laughs> that probably could be a thing. Totally. I think um, that's in every 12 step, you know, uh, the victim mentality, shaming and blaming. It's not me. It's it's the other people. That's that's why I use or do this addictively. That's that's part of all 12 step programs. Well, and thanks for talk, like being willing to talk about this, because I think the biggest thing with sex and love addicts anonymous is that people don't know it's a thing and, no. you know, unless unless you randomly saw it on you know it's not like even it's not talked very much about in media yeah right? we we all know everyone knows aa is a thing and I, I know there are other there's like debtors anonymous that people i think don't really know about and so there are other ones it's not the only one but i think it's important to bring like attention to this because you know christopher clearly has struggled with this i've had things with this. I know, and then I know various other men who have spent time going to meetings to explore. Um, but we, our society and our media creates images of love and sex that are very unhealthy. And then we grew up thinking that they're totally normal. And we also see it from right. Our parents and, you know, other people in our life. And it's not till, you know, maybe we get lucky and someone says, you should probably check this out that we find out this exists. Yeah. I think that Hollywood and the media and the Kardashians, sorry if you love them, uh, they have kind of taken the porn, the aesthetic of the porn industry and the that objectification of women and just taken it so mainstream. So I think that the whole culture is kind of like objectifying, you know, the opposite sex, especially women and thinking that to be sexy or beautiful, you have to like look a certain way. And I just don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I can't, can't stress it enough as a father of a 15 year old daughter. I'm just appalled and astonished almost daily by what the, the world's messages are to her about her value and worth and what's important. And then what she buys into, even as a young, intelligent, healthy person, she's like, yeah, but I have to look, you know, a certain way, or I have to go get these or this brand or whatever. And I know I'm not, you know, I'm not even the latest person or the first person to go through that, but man, thank you for your work, especially with women in every area from self care to spirituality as fundamental. Question for you, if you had a magic wand, is this first pillar, is spirituality the key to it all? Is there something that you would do if you if you could make one change in the world? Is that the is that the change or is there something else you'd do with your magic? That would be the first pillar. So for me, God is love. And if everybody just thought, how could I be more loving? What would love do? How would love talk to this person? How would love react? And yes, I know that in our society, especially in Western society, we do have to pay our bills and that is important, but we don't have to put all, all that stuff, that chase for consumerism in front of how we treat each other and ourselves. Like how would a lot of self-talk is not loving. How would love talk to me? How would love talk to the other person? You can actually make more money when you are operating from love versus fear. So that would be my magic wand would be to switch the world from love, from fear-based thinking to love-based thinking. How do you practice that? How do you practice 
when you're in fear, how do you switch it to love? I notice that I'm in fear because if I'm feeling negative emotions, fear, resentment, jealousy, bitterness, anxiety, that means I'm in fear. And then I quickly replace it with an affirmation. There are so many affirmations that have really helped me. I actually have 21 affirmations in my book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. But some of the ones that really help me is... I am enough, I have enough, I am willing to set myself free because I struggle with not enough. Um, And then fear of circumstances, like, oh no, what's gonna happen to me? It's um, all things are working together for my highest good. Things are working out better than I can imagine. So these affirmations kind of switch me from the fear channel to the love channel. I'm also someone I've struggled with anxiety of the future oh my God, what's going to happen? How's it going to work? What am I going to do? It's like, if I could just do like the next indicated action, that also helps me a lot to be in the present moment. Because the the future is anxiety, the past is depression and happiness is in the moment. So if I could just, what am I doing right now? And what is the next thing to do after you listen to this podcast that can really help with anxiety and future tripping? What do you, how do you handle the challenges of the, you know, you were talking about earlier, this, the things that you're, I don't remember if we said should be, or that could be like, why aren't millions of people listening to my podcast, right? Let's just use that because we're yes. on a podcast. <laughs> so I, I know I do this, right? I'll go, man, I have this like bustling business. That's great. There's nothing wrong with it. I have a great podcast that nothing wrong with them, but why don't I have more clients? Why don't I have more in, besides the, I think the gratitude piece that you talked about, there's clearly a desire, right? There's a desire to have, which is like, hey, we don't need to shame it. What do you do to try to get those things that you've you've had trouble getting, like the attainment of them? I am a big believer in time blocking. So the desire to have like more coaching clients or, you know, a bigger podcast. I don't want it to ruin my entire day. So I'm like, okay, for this hour, I call them power hours. I'm going to be working on my podcast or I'm going to be working on my coaching business. And when I'm not in that power hour, then I focus on whatever else is happening in my life. And that way, my desire to have a bigger business is not, you know, spilling over into every area of my life. Um, it's really challenging because, you know, I, I want what I want and I want it yesterday. So I am really a big believer in mindfulness. Like, what am I doing right now? If I'm at the gym, I'm breathing, I'm feeling the weights. If I'm playing tennis, I'm like, okay, how am I going to win this point? Or how does the air feel on my skin? You know, I just, I don't let it spill over into every area of my life. And do I do it perfectly? No, of course I don't do it perfectly. But again, when I feel myself getting like frustrated, that means I'm in fear-based thinking. I really plug into uh, Clubhouse a lot, um, podcasts like this one and like my podcast and many others, um, Audible. I have to be pouring in positivity and mindset work in my in the nooks and crannies of my life. So I can, you know, stay positive. And luckily we're in the golden age of just pick up your phone and you have a whole university of mindset work at your fingertips. So right before 
I go to bed, I'm listening to something positive and right when I wake up and I feel like that kind of sandwiches my day in positivity. I'm hearing again and again, practices and consistency. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was surprised about, I think, I think we all start our coaching practice or our consulting work or our writing, in your case, as a sort of a side gig, right? And one of the things that I know that you're a huge fan of is uh, the side hustle. Tell us why and what's the, what's the benefit? Doesn't it just make us burned out sooner? So most coaches say when you have an, a business or an entrepreneurial idea, quit your job, throw everything on your credit cards, you have to burn the boats to take the island. And that is more of a masculine paradigm of like, yeah, fight, everything's on the line. But I teach women, my avatar is to be an elegant warrior. So elegance means you're not in survival mode. You're not like fighting for your life. And I feel that when you have your regular job, that can help fund your side hustle. That can help you, you know, pay for product, software, virtual assistant, and you don't have to be in the fight or flight. Oh my God, if this business doesn't work, I'm going to go under. That is not a good look for attracting customers and clients to your products, good or services. So I am a huge advocate of the side hustle. You keep your job, pay all your bills, feel secure, and then you find your passion project on the side and you devote as much time and resources into that until the side hustle makes enough income that you can walk away from your current job. So that's my philosophy. I'm even going to give a gift to your listeners. It's a 45-minute masterclass on the five simple shifts to make to create a six-figure side hustle. And I, my intention is to live a life of ease, grace, and spiritual dignity. So having a side hustle versus having like everything on the line is going to create a lot more ease and grace. And how do we get that very generous gift? Well, in the show notes, I'm going to give you guys a link to the free masterclass of uh, the six, creating the six figure side hustle. It's a, it's a mindset, five simple shifts. It's, it's an amazing masterclass. I, I poured a lot into that. And I think your listeners will really benefit by it. And this isn't like one. This is for people who are listening. You People can just click on this link and get it. Is that right? Yeah, people can just oh, click sure. on the link and listen to it at their convenience. Perfect. That's so generous. We should also maybe let people know how to get a hold of you and where to find out more about the work that you do. Sure. So what my website. Yes, I would love I would love to keep in touch with your listeners. My website is RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, and Twitter at Rebecca E. Whitman. Once again, Rebecca Elizabeth Whitman, that's W-H-I-T-M-A-N. Rebecca is R-E-B-E-C-C-A, Elizabeth, you're on your own. Uh, or Instagram, the Instagram is very popular, I understand. Rebecca E. Whitman, don't forget that E, Rebecca E. Whitman. That's uh, right. What do you, you know, as we kind of get to the end here, what what do you really want to share? Well, let me say this different. Like, what haven't we asked you that you want to talk about or that you want to share? Oh, that's a great question. This has been one of the most thorough interviews of my life. So that is actually a great question. I would say to 
find the joy in your day. We have, uh, in this culture, it's like, I'll be happy when I, when I graduate high school, when I graduate college, when I have a kid, when the kid gets into a good college, when I have a grandkid, there's so many like conditions on our happiness. So I like to tell people all we have is today, find the joy in the simple things of the day, whether it's your morning cup of tea or coffee, connecting with your friend, petting your dog, walking in nature. If we make it a practice to find the joy in our day, then we're going to have a happy life. And if we keep putting our conditions in the future, I'll be happy when I, then we're like a little donkey chasing the carrot and we never get there. And when you are happy, your vibration rises and you do attract more opportunities and more abundance and more love. So that is my last message that I would say to your listeners is, how can you find the joy in your day today? Great, great message. And something probably the perfect note for us to end on. That is Rebecca Elizabeth Whitman. You can find her at RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com or go on the Instagram. All the kids are doing it. Rebecca E. Whitman, W-H-I-T-M-E-N-M-A-N. Sorry. Um, I got uh, excited because I want to also let people know that you're on the on the LinkedIn and your book. Tell us about your book and where it is. Yes, you can find my book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income, Working Part-Time on Amazon and Audible. And if you are an Audible member, you can even listen to it for free. And it's me reading it. And uh, I've been told I have a calming voice. So there you go. So you can listen to that. And then my other books, uh, Phenomenal Feminine Entrepreneurs. Uh, Phenomenal Feminine Entrepreneurs, you can get in my link in my bio or email me, RebeccaElizabethWhitman at gmail.com. In fact, I'll give any of your listeners a free signed copy of that book and paper. Another free. That's amazing. And uh, and then Blue Life, uh, Blue Talks, which stands for Business Life Universe, Volume 3. There's there's many Blue blue Talks. Uh, You can find that on Amazon. Everybody says volume three is the best. And you also host the top 5% globally ranked balanced, beautiful, abundant podcast, which is available wherever fine podcasts are. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. We're excited to learn about the seven pillars of abundance. And I got to change my morning routine. I don't know about Alex. Um, I think, I think for Alex, we're dealing with just not having daiquiris too early. Um, in all seriousness, though, <laughs> Rebecca Elizabeth Whitman, thank you for your time. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, that would be Rebecca Whitman. Find out more by going to RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. Of course, Alex Terranova here is my my friend, my foil, my co-host, my better <laughs> half each and every week right here. Alex, you're also available at TheDreamMason.com. Uh, the book is Fictional Authenticity or Redefining Masculinity. You're doing one of them uh, retreats for dudes, right? A men's retreat coming up in October. You can you can learn about that at thedreammason.com. There's a little button you can click to check out the Alchemy of Men retreat or reach out to me. I'll actually I'll actually talk to you about it and uh, we can figure out what's in it for you. Also, I should just say, because on 823, what like a week from now, Evan and I are doing what might be our final love workshop of the year for your love adventure. So if you're single. You're not excited about dating, apps, swiping, you know, listening to Christopher talk about what the good times of being engaged should uh, go to yourloveadventure.com and you can come to our free live workshop. How how many times have you been engaged? How many times have I? Yeah. This is my second. 
I got five. I got you beat. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, three. You got me beat too. Three. All right. And <laughs> among I'm, it. I'm I'm done. I'm 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 done. I'm not. I'm not doing this again. All right. Well, and dear listener, thank you so much uh, for listening. I want to shout out to our longtime sponsor of this show, Accomplishment Coaching. It's home of the world's finest coach training program available in time zones across the globe, including an Asia Pacific time zone program that's available now, as well as a Central European program, live programs in New York City and uh, San Diego. They're all live. I mean, in person, as well as West Coast uh, and East Coast time zones for North Americans. I thank you, dear listener, for listening. We will talk to you as we do each and every week with someone out on the cutting edge of coaching or people you need to know about, pioneers, or just plain interesting folks. We'll talk to you next week right here. Thanks for listening. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.